Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Monster Riff Presents, brought to you by MonsterRiff.com, the search for the ultimate riff. As always, I'm your host, Pat Schober, and on today's show, we're talking about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard and the Gizverse with a frequent Monster Riff contributor, Nick Pipitone. Nick, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Pat. It's great to have you here. Um, for our listeners who are also readers, Nick has contributed about roughly maybe an article a month over the last six months or so. It's been great to have him around. Uh, he's written two of the most popular Monster Riff articles so far, and I've I've written about 90, so that, that says a lot to the quality that he brings, uh, brings on board. Um, Nick was also the author of Top 11 Modern Psychedelic Rock Bands from the Black Angels to Dead Meadow. That's consistently, since that's been written, it's been a big draw in terms of traffic uh, through Google. Sparked a lot of debate, but in that article, Nick talked highly of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. If you've never heard of King Gizzard before and you haven't heard their music before, they're a wild, eclectic, fun band with lots of diverse styles. Um, there's a lot to dig into, and part of that is because of the Gizverse. So Nick will be here to help us kind of parse through the Gizverse <laughs> uh, legend, story, uh, and theory. Um, so Nick, in your own words, how would you try to describe King Gizzard to somebody who's never heard them before? Uh so, I mean, I, I first discovered them, I didn't know them at all until I wrote that article, um, and I was researching bands um, and discovering new bands, and um, I would describe them as kind of like, they're a psychedelic band, um, but they also have like a garage rock sound, that's kind of their consistent sound. Um, they're very much, like you said, eclectic, they jump from genre to genre. Um, almost every album they do is something entirely different and very ambitious. Um, they, uh, there's six members, they all play multiple instruments. And like the biggest thing you need to know about them is they just make music at a rapid clip. Like they've, um, they've been around since 2010 and they've, um, released like 18 studio albums um and i think it was one year in 2017 they released five albums in one year which is incredible you know yeah and it looks like at least so far the the rumors uh from people on reddit and from the band on reddit uh, themselves too is this will be another hot year they already have two releases out in 2021 i've seen that there could be four or five total uh this year alone so they definitely keep their foot on the gas when it comes to writing new music. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, the latest album, um, I didn't like it at first, but it's kind of grown on me. I mean, it's a totally different sound than they've done before. Like I was reading um, some of the stuff from fans on message boards and, and they're saying like the only genre they haven't tackled so far is like hip hop and country. <laughs> like, right. This this new album is, um, I guess you can almost call it like dream pop. It's uh, a lot of like synthesizer loops and almost like dance music. Uh, well, yeah, like, I mean, you emailed me about that a few weeks ago after it came out, and you yeah. immediately compared it to Tame Impala. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, 
Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right that they... I mean, if we could just, like, list off, like, what they've done. I mean, they've done jazz. Uh, they've done a lot of, like, experimental music in that, that sense. They've done garage. They they have, like, kind of that, that, like, indie party vibe as well. Um, yeah. They have a, a, t- a touch of stoner. They've done, like, metal and, like, thrash metal. So they really have kind of spanned everything. And I think on a couple albums, they have like a tinge of like that Western sound as well. So it's like not quite country, but they've like come right up against country too. Um, yeah, they did it. They did an album. Uh, yeah, like you were saying, they did an album. I guess that's 2013, Eyes Like the Sky, which was almost like you listen to it. It almost sounds like you're listening to like an audio book. It's like a radio drama <laughs> right, or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because of all the narration. And it's a. Uh, the western you know mm-hmm. so right and that i mean that is that's jarring to some listeners right because they have rabid fans but for like people who have come in just like in the last couple months and are actively discovering like you and me um that can be difficult right for some people who are listening to like transition from thrash to like tame impala <laughs> right but yeah that's that's one of the reasons why it's, um, I think they have such a rabid fan base. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I think what's, what's great about King Gizzard is, they, they, I mean, at the end of the day, I think they really write pop songs because there's such great melody in their music and everything they do is like really catchy, too. And it doesn't matter what genre they're in. They seem to be really good at writing hooks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and they're... They're they're pretty they're like darlings of um, rock journalists too like mm-hmm. um, you know the rock uh, music reviewers love of them they've won a lot of awards um, and they've developed this fan base that you know they're still they're still like you can call them underground because um, they're not really mainstream um, at least in America but um, you know they have like uh, over a million monthly listeners on Spotify, so right. And I guess that's doing pretty a, well. Yeah, and I guess that's a good point or a good time to mention that they they are from Australia, and I think I believe they're from Melbourne. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, is that correct? Melbourne, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they come with a lot of multi instrumentalists. Um, they've got a sort of interesting history in that they, they they originally started as like a party band, and in the original iteration of King Gizzard, like they wanted to write songs so simple that they could plug anybody into the band and they could learn the song in like 11 seconds and then just like play it. They just wanted to play loud party music. And then eventually they evolved into what they are today. But what's been intriguing, and I think we could talk about this eventually, but I think it's been kind of an interesting marketing ploy as well, is they have developed the Gizverse, or that's what fans call it, the Gizverse, and the Gizverse is kind of this parallel universe in which uh, King Gizzard is telling a story throughout their albums, and this story continues from one album to the next. Is that is that the most succinct way of saying that, Nick? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, people have said before, it's almost like um, you have concept albums, but they have like a concept discography. Right. Like, uh, it, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it starts... So it starts around um, 2016, apparently, that's according to the theory on um, Nonagon 
Infinity. And then since then, they've had these recurring characters that have showed up um, across their albums. And like, um, and fans go through the lyrics and like kind of connect the dots. And then in their music videos, you have all sorts of um, recurring themes and everything. So, but to put it succinctly, um, I would say, most of all, it's a fan theory. So it's still a theory. And um, it started apparently on um, one of their biggest subreddits. Um, many of the albums have like a unique concept, um, but they all share like these common themes. And many have speculated that there's just this overarching narrative. Um, whether or not it's real, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, the band like hasn't outright said no. Uh, they've also said that, yes, it's real. And then they've also said that they've known how the story is going to end since the beginning of the band. A lot of the, that commentary might be tongue-in-cheek. Uh, because this, at the end of the day, this is like a, just a goofy band that's having fun. Yeah, I mean, so there's, there's pretty much like two theories among fans uh, when it comes to that. Like, some people are really into it, like connecting the dots, like almost like like they're in a conspiracy theory or something like that. Like they have flow charts and everything. Um, and some people think it's just kind of King Gizzard having fun um, because they are a really silly band. Like if you watch any of their music videos, they're like really off the wall type stuff. Like them dressed in costumes. Like um, if you watch the fishing for fishies video, they're like uh, still is fishing out members of the band and they're all dancing around um like it's like a spongebob video or something right so yeah it's, it's all of it is very very wonky a lot of it reminds me of like old b movies like like old horror movies or like even yeah. just like um like original power rangers when everyone would be in costume and it would be morphin time and they'd like be in yeah. like a sandy field fighting off all of the enemies like that's what it reminds yeah. me of too of like that video quality and like just that like overtly campy feel to everything yeah yeah and that's that's probably that's probably the point because most of um, their fan base is probably you know millennials or younger so they remember the power rangers they remember right. stuff like that it's just like that kind of um you know it's a lot of like science fiction type concepts too it's it's all like really geeky stuff like mm -hmm. if you listen to the lyric or uh read the lyrics and and listen to the songs like um a lot of stuff he's talking about is like really far out like kind of spiritual when um mathematical concepts and everything and finding the secrets to the universe right. um so yeah so I, I do want us to take a deep dive into the Gizverse, or as deep as we can go in a moment. Um, I, I do, I do yeah. want to step back a little bit. When we talk about concept albums, I do want to give them props because not only is, I think, what did you call it, a, a concept um, series? Yeah, concept discography. Discography, you know, right. like Yeah, so, their entire collection of albums right so like every album is a concept album in that it feeds into um the overall story but in a lot of their albums they're playing into another concept on top of that so like not in gone infinity 
is meant to be an infinite loop in that the last track feeds into the first one. Um, they have some albums where it's just like, hey, we're going to make a microtonal album, so we're going to do, you know, 10 songs of that. And mm. I think that I think that's another reason why they have such a rapid fan base is because they put so much thought and attention into each and every song, really, that they write, um, and especially each album, too. Yeah, um, and they... You know, you would think that for a band that releases that much music, they don't spend as much time on it either. And I think that's that's one of the things that you could um, kind of like guess from looking at it from afar. But you know, I was listening to an interview with Stu McKenzie, who's the uh, lead vocalist pretty much. And he says that, you know, even with um, Butterfly that just got released, like one of the songs off the album Dreams um, was written in 2019, I think. So it's really, they're just... They're constantly making music. Um, and I think it's just they're having a lot of fun. They love to do this. <laughs> right. And uh, they collect this stuff and they put it all together like in this big puzzle piece. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the great things about being a Gizzard fan too is, you know, some people don't like the new album that much, but like three, not even three months from now, you're going to have like new content. <laughs> right, right. yeah so it's not even a big deal <laughs> yeah and yeah like there's so much you might they have 18 albums so there's some you may really hate right but you know like for the most part you like most of their stuff you know right and i mean to to that point too i saw they did a reddit ama maybe a not too long ago might have been a year ago max and somebody was like how do you create so much music and they were just very matter of fact like this is my job Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they like treat it as like I have work to do. I'm going to put an album out. But I yeah. I think one thing that's very important before we get into deeper into the Gizverse discussion, all of this is theory. None of oh, all yeah. everything we might say from this point wrong on might be completely wrong. I mean, like somebody could very easily disprove us. But um, everyone's entitled to their opinion. There are subreddits filled with opinions and debate and discussion. Um, yeah. There are, like, some broad strokes that are generally agreed upon. But end of the day, yeah. because the band, the creator of the story, or the loose story, hasn't said, you know, what everything is, we'll never know for sure until that happens. Um, yeah. so, so with all of that said, uh, Nick... Uh, do you want to take the ball on kind of outlining what your thoughts are on the Gizverse and some of the story that, that you've picked up? All right. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of theories out there. So the, the um, most popular theory is that it starts in 2016 with Nonagon Infinity, the Infinite album. And um, really the, the theory that I latched onto the most is the most well-known character, and his name is Han Taimai, um, who first appears on 2017's Murder of the Universe. And that was like a heavy concept album with um, these like science fiction uh, overtones. Um, so Han is the last human to be born before joining the rest of the human race to become... Uh, a fully digital being so it's it's kind of like we were talking before the show like the singularity or something like that like sometime into the far future when um 
we're all like living permanently on the internet or like we're all uploaded into machines um if can i can i interject yeah 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 i don't i don't want to i don't want to like steal your mojo or like ruin your oh go for it um but i guess for additional context like i think it's generally agreed you know that we this is like we had the apocalypse and like this is like thousands of years after that where like humanity has half rebuilt there's like an upper class that's doing just fine but for the most part like people don't exist in their physical bodies anymore and they're mostly digital entities whether that be in the form of like a robot or like literally just like on a computer somewhere right 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 yeah because they write about that a lot too they write about environmental destruction like they're very much conscious of climate change and everything and um so the villain in um, Murder of the Universe, which um, kind of like turns out not to be a villain, is the soy protein munt machine. And um, this is a sentient machine of death and vomiting. Um, so at some point in the album, Han and the machine merge, which triggers the Murder of the Universe. And then um, this also takes place on a little bit on Polygon uh, Waterland. Mm-hmm. Um, so Han is a character that continues to appear on subsequent albums. Um, it's speculated that he appears on Infest the Rat's Nest, which was their thrash metal album in 2019. And then he's also featured on the cover of Fishing for Fishies in 2019. Um, and he's just like a, like a robot on that too. Yeah. Yeah, on Fishing for Fishies, the cover is just, it looks like, yeah. I mean, not to, like, like diss their art skills, but oh, it looks no, like... Oh, no, no, like, but I think, it, I think that's yeah. part of the intention, right? Is the, like... Yeah, exactly. Like it's like very... Robot. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, so, on Fishing for Fishies, they have the single side boogie, which tells the tale of Han's conversion to robotic form. Um, and then it's also speculated that Han's voice makes a cameo on a song on Sketches of Brunswick East from 2017. And um, that's pretty much all the research I had about Han. But <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really great. Um, yeah, so like he's, he's like kind of our main character. He's recurring. But um, there are lots of like recurring characters as well, like Satan. Uh, even like the class struggle seems to always be there too. Yeah. Um, I, I've really enjoyed reading individual theories like through Reddit. Um, and you can get a little bit at a little bit of that on the um, the King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard subreddit. but there's also a Gizzard right. subreddit too where people will offer their theories. And like sometimes they're just like kind of shorthand because it is to their credit, this is a lot of content to sort through and then digest and then yeah. spit out. Um, my favorite, redditor so far has been carjo 2000 um, okay they like have posted multiple times and every time they post they like add on another section and they've done just like a really really intense breakdown on like each album and how they fit together all of its theory of course and like their opinion um but i've loved reading through carjo 2000's work and okay. kind of like their interpretation of everything because they've definitely done like a long form effort and like they did analysis of infest the rat's nest, which is probably a good four or 500 words long. 
No. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's pretty intense. Um, yeah. But it's just really fun to see everyone just kind of digesting and then spitting everything out and then having, like, spirited conversations about it. Yeah, and, and another good source if you're looking to get into it, like, because this is almost like a, a hobby, you know, like getting into the Gizverse because there's just, like you said, there's so much um, to read and digest. Um, it's uh, it's Genius.com, which is the Apple Music um, uh, lyrics. Right. They have lyrics on um, of each of the songs, and people go in and add their theories based on the lyric. And that was a that's pretty good way for me to learn some of the stuff too. Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate Genius for that, especially just getting that um, the annotation on each line is, is like super valuable. Yeah. Um, so we have we have Han and we have kind of like his storyline. Um, are there any other big beats that that you want to touch on? Um, no, that was that was really the big one. But I mean, I there was also um, their universe uh, in all of the albums is um, composes so many different weird characters. Like um, some of the other ones that I found were. Uh, were people vultures, uh, balrogs, lightning gods, um, flesh-eating beasts, sages, like on Nonagon Infinity. Um, and the band says that each of these, all the characters in the concept albums take place in their own universe, but all the universes are parallel. Right. Um, and, like, the band apparently says that they all coexist and interact in a meaningful way. And that whenever King Gizzard releases its final album, it's going to be like the grand finale, almost like the Avengers uh, Endgame and Infinity Wars, you know, mm -hmm. where it's just like everything gets revealed. Um, so until that day, uh, you know, they're just going to like keep selling more records and <laughs> right, right. keep churning out the uh, Gizverse. I think I think my my favorite Han story um, comes from the same the same Reddit user uh, Carjo two thousand who kind of in their interpretation of Polygon Wanna Land he, right. this, this user talks about uh, Han getting his eyes gouged out and then he's like wandering through the desert and he is informed of this ability called tetrachromacy which is the ability to like see more colors than the average human and the ability to see electricity. And okay. so Han, um, he, he's been fighting or he's been fleeing the Lord of lightning. And so Han thinks that if he can encounter this doctor, if he, he basically encounters this doctor who implants him with ocular cybernetic implants. So he has the ability of sight again, but he also has the ability to see lightning and see electricity with the idea of if he can see lightning, he might have a better idea, a better chance of defeating the Lord of lightning, which is like super cool. Yeah. And, and um, if I'm not mistaken, um, Han Taimai is supposed to, it's supposed to stand for humanity, right? He represents mm -hmm. humanity. Um, so he's kind of the hero of uh, the Gizverse and, you know, it's up to him to prevent the murder of the universe. Right. 
Um, so obviously, I mean, there's there's a ton and ton and ton of research you can go through. There's a ton of debate to be had. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, everything is just everyone's opinion, uh, provided, I mean, you can back it up with actual uh, citations, because that's, that's a big issue in the community, is if you have a theory and you can't back it up, then your theory doesn't hold any water. Just like yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Nick, we've, we've also talked about this before the show. There's a lot of chatter online about what King Gizzard's legacy is going to be. Um, because, like, right now, in a lot of ways, they're kind of like the saviors of rock and roll. They're genuinely preserving, like, a lot of different genres um, mm. by participating them and, like, adding to them. Um, where Where do you think they'll be in 20, 50 years? Do you think people will still be rocking out to them? Or do you think they'll be forgotten? Or, I mean, there's probably a good chance that they'll still be rocking out because they're about our age, I think. They're maybe 20s and 30s. Yes, I think um, Stu McKenzie is uh, like 32, I think, um, early 30s. Um, so it's pretty amazing. Like they started the band, they started making music in their early 20s, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think the more I read about them, the more they it just reminded me, they reminded me of the Grateful Dead a little bit. Like um, they just have this insane fan base and they, you know, they call themselves gizheads, just like deadheads, you know? Right. And um, not only that, they just, they're continually doing cool new stuff. Um, you know, it depends on how long the band stays together for, of course. But um, they just, uh, I think with a cult following like this, I think their legacy is going to be as a band that... Um, really broke a lot of new boundaries and did stuff that, um, you know, gathered such a gigantic following. Um, like one of the things that they're doing now, I think is, uh, they're encouraging their fans to, to um, bootleg their music. They're actually uploading the music onto their website. Uh, they've released like nine albums, um, which is pretty, which is pretty amazing because, you know, most bands, when people start bootlegging their stuff, they just either, they kind of like just look the other way, but they're encouraging their fans to do this and share in the community. And then you go on some of these message boards, there's a message board on Facebook where people are making fan art and stuff like that. Um, so I think, you know, I think they will be remembered a long time from now. I don't know necessarily how they'll be remembered, but I think they've, they've already made a huge impact. I love your comparison to The Grateful Dead. I forget what podcast I was listening to. This was a while back. But the person who was being interviewed said that The Grateful Dead were among the very first content marketers. And the reason for that is because at a, at a time when bands actively and sometimes physically discourage people from bootlegging their shows the grateful dead encouraged it uh yeah the idea that like okay you want to like record my show you're going to go and like play it for your friends you're going to get your friends into the grateful dead and next summer you and your friend are going to be on tour circling us around the country right and i think that it's cool to see the king gizzard king gizzard kind of copy that template 
But they also, I think partially because of the society that we live in now and the access to the internet, their fans are doing that on their behalf, right? Like every time you get a mm. piece of fan art or somebody creates a piece of fan art, that like deepens their connection to the band even more. When they show that to the community and they get that validation, they become a greater fan and those people who see that fan art become greater fans as well. So I think it's, if they do have a cult following, that that cult is, is very, very solidified. And I can only see it growing as time passes because there's so much in their catalog that there's something for everybody to enjoy. As corny as that is, they've, they've spanned yeah. so many genres that there is something for everybody. Yeah, and it's only been 10 years too, you know? I mean, that's that's a long time, but I mean, you know, uh, and like you said, they're still pretty young. So, I mean, how many albums are they going to make? Like, are they going to make 30 albums? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I really think that this is one of those things that as long as they're having fun, I think they're just going to keep yeah. doing it. And they seem like they're having a blast. Yeah. Um, so if people are interested in learning more about King Gizzard or the Gizverse, where would you point them? Um, well, like you said, uh, the Reddit threads are a really good source. Um, some other good sources, uh, would really just be to, to join a fan group or message board. Um, there's quite a few, uh, fan groups on Facebook that I've joined. Um, Do you know any on, off the top of your head? Um... No, I don't know the names of them off the top of my head, but I mean, if you just do a, a simple, simple search for uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, um, they'll show up. Um, YouTube has a lot of channels where people dive into, you know, in much more detail, they dive into um, some of the theories of the Gizverse. Um, I think one that we pointed out was uh, Motion and Arts YouTube channel. Yes. Um, I think they, they had a series that was, um, I think it was like five or six videos that go really deep into the Gizverse. Um, and those are, those are very well done as well. Yeah, yeah, very well done. Um, and then Cosmic Magazine, which is from Australia, has a pretty good primer about um, the Gizverse. And they make the comparison... Um, comparing the Gizverse to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and just talking about how fun it, how fun it is. and Yeah, and, and um, that, that article is very good in that if you're looking for it, it's called Does King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards Gizverse Really Exist? Yeah. Um, I, and I, I read that and then I did some more research and I found like 10 more articles that cited that article as a source. So yeah. that it's almost canon yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, those are all good. Um, the subreddit called Gizverse is a good one. And then the, the subreddit for King Gizzard, which is actually just K-G-A-T-L-Y, the band's initials, that's the name of the subreddit, uh, is another really good one as well. Um, Nick, final question for you. <laughs> this is a tough one. What uh, do you think is the best entry point for King Gizzard, if you're like trying to get somebody into it for the first time, where do you where do you think you'd point them? Um, From a musical oh, well, standpoint, by the way. Yeah, I mean, uh, over the course of eighteen albums, I mean, 
I say start with uh, Nonagon Infinity. Um, it's a really interesting concept album. Um, that's the sound I think that's most consistent for them um, because they do all these, you know, really crazy um, forays and other stuff like new Brun or sketches of Brunswick East was like a jazz album. Um, but Nonagon Infinity, I think, is probably my favorite. And kind of start there and then work your way forward up until uh, Butterfly, which just came out. Yeah, I have to agree with you. In fact, uh, Nonagon Infinity actually <laughs> made my research for this podcast episode a little more difficult because I wanted to just like play some king gizzard just in the background as like as i would be working throughout the day and then i would go back and do some research but i found myself just playing non and gone infinity on repeat because i liked it so much and i like yeah. i didn't have a good chance to get as far into the, all the others as i wanted but i definitely agree with you that with that like that's a very catchy and just like an overall just a solid album yeah um and really i mean um there's there's tons of good articles online too, like that, that rank their albums, um, from, you know, according to the writer from, from best to worst. And also, uh, kind of like choose your own discography. I've seen a couple articles like that where they say, you know, what do you really like? Do you like, you know, more acoustic stuff than try this album? If mm -hmm. you like, like thrash metal, try this album based on their, their genres. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really valuable too. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today, Nick. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Thanks it's for having me. It's been a blast. Me.